I grew up with my large extended family, aunts, uncles, cousins, playing lots of cards when we would get together. Primarily we played spades. It was not uncommon on a Thanksgiving afternoon or any other time that the 50 to 60 of us would gather that there might be two or three tables of spades going on. Inevitably, the old guys would team up, usually my dad and my uncle in a card partnership, and the young adult whippersnapper nephews would join forces against the old guys. The younger guys tended toward more, toward more smack talking across the table. The old guys didn't let it mess with them. They played their game, knowing each other's nonverbals, and the way that each other thought, they knew each other's strategies. They didn't cheat. They just knew each other so well after so many years of playing together that they knew each other's tactics. It was almost like they could read each other's minds. And more often than not, the old guys would win. They didn't boast too much. And every chance they got, the younger guys would set themselves up for more failure with a hearty challenge to yet another round of spades. I was a tennis player in high school. I played number five singles. I was not very good, but I enjoyed it. And I enjoyed the team. I enjoyed the camaraderie and the joint efforts at complaining about how ridiculous the coach was and the way he made us run suicides and all the running, all the running. Do you really need to run that much to play tennis? I was not real good. Maybe I should have run more. But my favorite part was playing number three doubles. I enjoyed only having to cover half the court. A speed demon I was not, but I liked the strategy of doubles. I liked the teamwork and I liked the signals. When I was at the net, I would signal to my partner behind my back with a closed fist if I was going to stay put, or a pointed finger, which meant I would move to the other side and we would swap coverage. The timing of that move has to be just right to catch the opponent off guard, allowing one of us a surprise shot back right to them that they were not expecting. And then high fives would ensue when our tactic worked. There's no high-fiving in singles. You have to have a partner to really celebrate. No doubt about it, a win with a partner is sweeter than any solo victory. My best tennis partner a few years later was always Russ, though. He, we entered some mixed doubles tournaments right after we got married, and we had a ton of fun. Not only did we have the behind-the-back signals, we just knew how each other played and how each other thought, and we could play to our strengths and encourage the strengths of each other. The pitcher-catcher relationship is perhaps the most important partnership in the game of baseball. It's called the battery. And the battery of Dean and Schuster was just the best. They started playing baseball together all the way back to Little League, and they played together on their middle school and high school teams. They kind of fought some and disagreed often, but they worked well together. The parents often kidded them that they were like the proverbial old married couple, but the catcher friend had a way of calming our pitcher son down. 
he could get to him, he could get him to settle in. And I can picture Jake now calling time and slowly walking to the mound while Jackson would walk around kicking the dirt. Jake would stand there and his hip would be cocked out and they would put their glove up because, you know, ESPN might be watching their faces for the signals. And they would talk to each other, Jackson often shaking his head no, and Jake would saunter back to the, to the plate and receive the pitch. He could get him to settle in and then frame the pitches so that he received them to get that beloved strike called, even if it wasn't really a strike. But my favorite battery was Dean and Dean. As many bullpens as the younger brother caught for the older brother, Russ even built them a bullpen in our backyard. The only, they only got to put together their partnership in a game on the older brother's senior night. They each have a blown up framed photograph of the most beloved battery of all. That partnership on the diamond can often decide outcomes of games, even more so than the hitting or the defense. A piano duet is always astounding. Four hands working together in perfect sync is almost more than our ears can take in. It's a partnership that's a delight to the hearers as well as the artists. The guy that takes the snap spins the football so that the laces are facing away from the foot of the kicker is just as important as the guy with the powerful leg. It's a partnership that often determines the success on the gridiron. When you make partner in your firm, you can rest assured that finally, a whole lot of hard work and often a lot of money has paid off. There are so many sports to be played as an individual, so many ways for music to be a solo, so many self-employed ways to go about one's vocation, but when you have a partner, you can brainstorm and kick ideas around. You can divide and conquer. You can play to each other's strengths. You can high five as well as not have to commiserate all by yourself when things don't go well. Then why is it that we have held rugged individualism in such high esteem? Why have we promoted a do-it-by-yourself mentality? Why have we encouraged a pull-yourself-up-by-your-bootstrap strategy as something to regard as impressive? I find partnering way more impressive and also more sustainable. Rather than going it alone, I find partnership to be more rewarding, more meaningful, more joyful, more in line with a life as called by God to make a difference in the world. Good partners have an exponential way of bringing good news to the world. I've said it a thousand times in 20 plus years. Why would anyone pastor a church alone. I would never do that, not ever. A co-pastor partnership is the only way that makes sense to me. 
Yes, it's kind of fun that I'm doing it with my life partner, but still, I would never do this job by myself. You're too difficult <laughs> to handle alone. It's a natural progression of development for a three-year-old to declare, I do it myself. We think it's kind of cute till it becomes more irritating than precious because we all know things will go faster and less messy with some help. But we allow it as we should, the independence of the three-year-old and the five-year-old because it's how a child grows and learns. But then at some point, we fail to remind our children as they grow up that we were not made to go it alone. We are not built to do it myself. We are not intended for rugged individualism or solo living. We were made for relationship and connection. We were made for partnership. We read Proverbs 31 at many funerals of strong and wonderful women, often requested as a tribute to their wonderful wife, mother, businesswoman. She sets a high standard, the proverbial woman. Dare I say, her status is unattainable. I'd like to be a good wife, but she sets the bar too high. I'd like to be a good businesswoman, but her success seems inaccessible. I'd like to be a good mother, but her ways are beyond me. She makes us feel like failures. But the more I've read about her this week, the more I began to see this capable wife who can find is possibly referring to that Sophia that I mentioned last week, the wisdom that was with God from the beginning. She's the one that gets the gold standard. What we have here might not just be a capable wife that in our many readings of her has turned her into the perfect woman, but rather maybe we have a description of what we should look for in a good partner. And it's too easy to reference this as a good partner and strictly only a relationship of covenant intimacy this isn't just about marriage or spouses. Though at a favorite wedding some years ago, we always say at the end, in the deepest and best sense possible then, we offer to you our blessing as ministers of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we pronounce that from this time forth, you shall be known as husband and wife is the most ways we say it. Until Debbie and Donna came along and said, well, that won't work. In the deepest and best sense possible, then, we offer to you our blessing as ministers of the gospel of Jesus Christ, and we pronounce that you are partners in life. It's a much better way to talk about that kind of relationship. But Proverbs 31 is not about that kind of relationship. It's a beautiful description of what we all need in this life, capable partners, good partners. And why? would we have to see this as only being fulfilled by one person? What if we could learn to read Proverbs 31 as a guide in seeking out all the partnerships of our lives? 
What if we could learn to hear Proverbs 31, not as one ideal person, but rather measure the partnerships we establish in our lives by this whole passage? It was written as an acrostic. It loses that little oomph when we translate it. So I went through and pulled out words from that whole passage that I read to you. And I interpreted phrases and tried to come up with a word that would encapsulate what a good partner would look like. So if we read this and measure all the partnerships that we establish in our lives by this whole passage, it would mean that we are filling our lives with people that are trustworthy and good and hardworking and savvy and wise and industrious. We'd be filling our lives with people that are risk-taking and strong and admired and energetic and generous and courageous. We'd be filling our lives with people that are dignified and funny and kind and happy and admired and respected. When you find someone with any one of these qualities Hang on to them. Learn from them. Imitate them. And increase your circle until you have someone representing every attribute listed. We need lots of good partners. Good partners are what we need in this world, for we were not intended to be all alone. We were not built to fly solo. We were not created to do it myself. We were intended and built and created to be in relationship with God and with one another. We are God's partners, partnering with one another to bring the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven. And this is why I believe in the church. Capital T, the church. And this is why... I need this church, capital T, this. What better way for us to partner than right here, right now, together, bringing all the attributes of this capable woman to the table. Together, we are all of this. You don't have to be all of it. You just have to surround yourself with enough people so that in your partnerships you are all of it. And together, Park Road Baptist Church, we are trustworthy and good and hardworking and savvy. Together we are wise and industrious and risk-taking. Together we are strong and admired and energetic and generous and courageous. Together, we are dignified and funny and kind and happy and admired, and together, we are respected. I would hate for the world to depend on me to be all of that, but to think that I can be in your energetic presence, and together, we are energetic. And to think that I can be in your risk-taking presence, and together we are risk-takers. Sometimes I might just feel like I'm along for the ride to make you laugh. Who doesn't need that? I would be fine 
if that's how I'm remembered. Because together, I'm so much more than that with you. When I die, please don't read Proverbs 31 at my funeral. <laughs> if you are trying to describe me, everyone sitting there will say, well, that's a lie. I can't live up to her. I can't attain her. I can't be all things to all people, and it would not be healthy if I tried. Rather, when I die, I hope you might could read this text to tell all about the good partnerships of my life. To tell about all the people with whom I partner, with whom I've partnered. That's how I want to be remembered, the story of my life unfolding before you, described by the partnerships that's my life. That is the best ringtone I've ever heard. I mean, isn't that good? See, we have to do this together. She's sitting there probably just dying. It's all right. In the course of all my living, I hope and pray that I might make it to some of your lists as your partner. Fulfilling something of this wise woman, by the way, I offered you a helping hand. Fulfilling something of this wise woman on the days that I worked hard. Fulfilling something of this wise woman when I lifted you up when you were down or if you tell me that I helped you carry a burden. I really hope that you'll be able to say, she partnered with me because she made me laugh. May we find good partners. May we be good partners. For it is said in wisdom literature, a capable partner who can find. They are far more precious than jewels. May it be so. Amen.